I'm Sean Delaney, and you're listening to What Got You There. What Got You There is a must-follow for entrepreneurs, creatives, high achievers, and change makers. Each week, I sit down with some of the world's most influential people and focus on the journey behind their success. We uncover the strategy, tactics, and routines that help them get there. Now it's your journey, so it's time to learn what's going to get you there. Uh, what got you there? What got you? Got you? If you're enjoying the podcast, then you might want to check out some of the other things I'm working on behind the scenes. I put out a weekly newsletter called Momentum Monday, which is just a quick synthesis of everything I've been reading, listening to, and watching during the week. I also do a once-a-month deep dive called The Distillery, which is a long-form distillation on someone whose thinking has greatly impacted me. You can check out past distillations of Josh Waitskin, Yen Liao, and Nick Konis, and everything else we're putting on at whatgotyouthere.com. Today's podcast is a little bit different. It's actually a recording from a Zoom webinar I did a few months ago talking about some of the lessons I've learned over the past five years of the podcast, sitting down and talking to world-class performers for over 3,000 plus hours, what we can learn from them, what are the common themes, what we can do in our own lives to step into our own potential. So if you want to hear about the big themes that I've uncovered over the years and what I try to implement and do in my own life, then you guys will really enjoy this episode. I am thrilled to tell you about my new online personal growth course called You Unleashed. You Unleashed is for those people looking to burst through the walls of their previous limitations and fears and tap into your greater potential or what I call your You Unleashed self. This course is a culmination of the best things I've learned being a professional athlete, entrepreneur, investor, and spending thousands of hours sitting down with world-class performers on this podcast to uncover what you need to raise your potential to a new level. This course is going to give you clarity of what an extraordinary life looks like and who you need to become in order to achieve that life. Now, I'll provide you with the mindsets, behaviors, and actions you need to bring out your unleashed self. You'll uncover your deeper why, your values, and your life philosophy that will guide you moving forward. So the question is, why haven't you unleashed your full potential yet? You only get one shot at this life, so what are you waiting for? You're meant to become more and extraordinary. So if you're interested in stepping into your potential and cultivating the type of life you've been dreaming of, then check out my You Unleashed course by clicking below or going to whatgotyouthere.com forward slash you dash unleashed. And because you listen to the podcast, I'm giving you 50% off the course for a limited time by using code WGYT at checkout. That's whatgotyouthere.com forward slash you dash unleashed. I have to tell you about the product I'm obsessed with right now. And when I say obsessed, I mean it. I am honestly obsessed and using this continually. So this is my Brava Smart Oven. So I actually used a Brava at a friend's house a few weeks ago. And after using it, I said I have to reach out to the team at Brava and bring them on as a partner of the podcast because of how much I love my Brava Smart Oven. So Brava is the world's fastest and most advanced smart oven that cooks with the power of light. So I had no idea about this, but cooking with light is actually two to four times faster than any other cooking technology. So being a busy father with two kids, I need something that's going to cook delicious, healthy meals, is really fast and super convenient. And my Brava checks the box on all three of those. Just last night, I whipped up a mouth-watering salmon. You know, one of the ones with the, the crispy, flaky outside, but then juicy, tender inside. And I also had a side of broccoli and butternut squash. And I cooked this all to perfection at the same time. It doesn't matter if it's breakfast, dinner, dessert. My Brava takes care of it all. So when I said it was fast and convenient, the team at Brava honestly knocked this out of the park. 
Imagine cooking your entire meal just with the press of a button. All you do is select what you're cooking, load your tray, and press the green button. They have thousands of fully automated recipes created by professional chefs, so your meal is perfect every single time. And a really crazy part, Bravo regularly updates with new recipes and cooking modes all for free. There really isn't a more convenient and impressive cooking experience I've ever had. Cook crispy, bubbly pizza in 10 minutes, eggs and toast at the same time. You can even do a tray of roasted potatoes in 15 minutes, all with zero preheating. And one really fun thing, my my kids love watching this, is you can actually watch your food cook on the Brava app, which is just really fun. It's like having an automated sous chef right at your side. So if you want to start having healthier, better meals, check out brava.com and make sure to enter code what got you there at checkoff for $200 off. Yes, $200 off. That's www.brava.com and at checkout enter code what got you there. If you're someone who's looking to join a hyper growth company that's global and 100% remote, then you might want to listen up and hear all about the exciting job opportunities at Clipboard Health. Most of us have known someone who never got the health care they needed. You know, one of those people who fell through the cracks. That's because America's hospitals are short-staffed. They don't have enough nurses, so patients don't get the care they deserve. I've personally had family members not get the care they deserve, which is why I appreciate and care so much about what Clipboard Health is doing. Clipboard Health matches nurses with hospitals and nursing homes so that patients get the care they need and nurses find the work they want. Clipboard Health is fixing a broken healthcare staffing marketplace, and they're also scaling a hyper-growth business at the exact same time. Clipboard Health is a Silicon Valley unicorn, and they're looking for people to join their mission to fix staffing in healthcare and give nurses more opportunities. Clipboard Health is looking for great software engineers, product managers, and operations leaders to join them today. They're global, and remember, they're 100% remote, so no matter where you live in the U.S. or the world, they want to talk to you. You can check out great opportunities at clipboardhealth.com forward slash WGYT. That's clipboardhealth.com forward slash WGYT. Are you looking for a delicious and healthy nutrition bar that is keto-friendly, low-sugar, and protein-infused? If so, look no further than New School Snacks, who's reinventing the low-sugar snacking revolution. Now, for me, health is one of the biggest things I think about, and eliminating the sugar from my diet is crucial, and that's why I love New School Snacks. So if you're one of those people who also want to change the way you approach nutrition and snacking, then head to NewSchoolSnacks.com for great deals on their collagen bar loaded with healthy fats from MCT oil, and while you're there, pick up one of their brand new mouth-watering French Toast Crunch Bars. That's NewSchoolSnacks.com. A lot of questions came over, and so as I was going through a lot of these questions, I thought it'd be really helpful to pull out some of the broad themes that I saw throughout all those different questions because I'm really big into into uncovering principles over techniques. So many times people just want techniques, right? Like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I look for the principles because when you understand a principle – they embody a lot of different techniques. So if you learn a principle, you learn a thousand things. If you learn a technique, you can just use that one time. So let's look for principles. So I'm hoping to distill down, pull out a lot of the principles I saw that could be applicable to many of the questions that we saw here. So for the majority of this, I'm not going to be reading a specific question and answering it because there were a lot of themes there. So I'd love to start off and just have you guys think about why you're here. Right, like each one of us are here for a reason. No one's being forced to be on this webinar. So that this is a decision each one of you made. You said, you know what, I'm going to take the time, I'm going to spend this hour, and I'm going to come on this webinar. So there must be a reason compelling you to do that. 
sit back, think about that. What is your reason? Why are you actually here? I'm assuming certain people want to learn new things. People want to develop themselves. Really get crystal clear on your why for being on this call, and that's going to help you understand what you can extract out of this call, but then also how you can extract other things out across everything you learn, right? Other podcasts you listen to, other books you read, other conversations you have. When you deeply know your why, it's so much easier to understand all of those little principles inside that can help you on your path to get that. One thing I do ask is that you guys are deeply focused here. And and this is a superpower, focus. Uh, I saw so many questions around distractions and getting clear. You have to have the ability to focus on deep work for long periods of time. This is a skill. Any of us can train this. There were plenty of times that I was not great at focus, and then I built that muscle up. Same thing with a lot of the guests that have been on this show. They've been able to deeply focus on something for long periods of time. So make sure while you're on this call, distractions are away, right? Like you don't have Twitter pulled up. You don't have Instagram pulled up. Your phone's on silent. Your phone is away. That way you can be deeply here, fully here, immersive in this environment, in this experience. That's going to be extremely helpful for you guys. So make sure you guys are doing that. There's this story around focus that I really love. So I'm sure everyone on this call is familiar with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, potentially two of the most legendary and successful people of the last 100 years. So Bill Gates' mom used to host these uh, these these dinners with a lot of wealthy people, smart people, scientists, investors, everything like that across all different domains. And she posed the question, is what one trait do you think was most responsible for you being here? And at the same time, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett both shouted, focus. They understood the importance of focus, how vital it is to anyone's success. So let's, let's be focused here. Let's be deeply immersed in this. W- one of the questions I love, and I'm going to pose to everyone here that I think is just so important to ask yourself and remind yourself of is who will you have to become to achieve all that you want? So many of us say we want so many things in life, but are we willing to become the person we have to become in order to achieve those things? Get crystal clear on that. Who will you have to become to achieve all that you want? If you're unwilling to become that person, to achieve all of those things you say you want, then you need to reset your expectations. And I know a lot of questions around how do you know what's right to do, what do you want to do? This is a question that brings a lot of clarity to that. If I think about a lot of the guests that I've had on this show, a lot of them could answer that. They were willing to become the person that they needed to become in order to achieve what they were hoping to achieve. So think on that question a lot. One thing that I have seen as well is that the people who have the most long-term sustained excellence and success is they didn't achieve success without fulfillment. So success without fulfillment is just the ultimate failure, right? That's like spending all of your time working on something. You finally accomplish the goal. You get there and you're unsatisfied. The reason is you weren't fulfilled on the path to doing that. And a lot of times what ends up happening is people aren't solving their why. They don't have their deep vision on what they want to go after. So they go after the wrong thing. And then a lot of people spend years committed to this, sometimes even decades, and then they realize that wasn't what they wanted to pursue. That did not bring them enjoyment and fulfillment. And so I think, I hope that we all can start searching more instead of success, but for fulfillment. That's not an external thing, right? Success is external. Fulfillment is going to be internal. Only you can answer that question 
what deeply satisfies you, what brings you fulfillment, what allows you to flourish. But think deeply on that. Obviously, this this call, we're thinking on deep questions. These aren't easy questions. Life is challenging. You've got to go really, really deep, and it takes a lot of inner work. That's one of the things uh, I've noticed again and again, the amount of inner work the people on this show have done. So, so when I think about going after fulfillment instead of success, someone I think about is Nick Kakonis. Now, people familiar with the show know I'm a huge fan of Nick. He's been on the show twice. I even did a distillation on Nick Akonis. And so Nick Akonis, he started out as a derivatives trader in Chicago, an investor, but he pushed himself beyond his own limits and got into the restaurant industry. He, he got into the book publishing industry. Long story short, when he was starting out his career, so Nick went to one of the best universities in the entire world, right? Should have an incredibly cushy um, and great job. When he graduated, he realized he was seeking more fulfillment and trying to uncover certain things that he had to uncover within himself. And so what he ended up doing is he found one of the best derivatives trader he thought he could learn a lot from. And he actually offered to pay that guy to learn from him. Imagine that, a young Nick Kikonis going up to this guy he respects and goes, I will pay you if I can work for you. He understood the amount he could learn from this gentleman, and he was willing to pay the price for that. He wasn't seeking that success right away. He was seeking fulfillment. He knew that if he wanted to get better in his own life, this is something that he couldn't do. What do you think all of his friends, all of his past teachers, all of his parents or his parents said to him? They said, that's a horrible idea. Why would you do that? But Nick knew what that would lead to. Long story short, Nick became incredibly successful, but he was deeply fulfilled while doing this. Uh, another one I think about when, when going after fulfillment instead of success is Kevin Kelly, the technologist we recently had on within the past few months. Kevin says, you don't want to only be the best. You want to be the only. You don't want to be the best. You want to be the only. So I hope each of us on this call can think about being our only, being our best selves. How do we do that? Naval Ravikant has that great line, escape competition through authenticity. No one can beat you at being you. And when you get really comfortable that you're able to put in the work and and you can find those things within yourself, I think that's when we start living deeper, more rich, more meaningful lives. And I've seen a lot of the people on this show uh, be able to do that. So look for that right now. Uh, A recent guest we had on was Ryan Hawk. He, uh, He was on two episodes ago. And one of the things I really enjoy him talking about actually is success versus excellence. And so many times, now I throw this word around a lot, success, success. And he says, success is based on comparison with others. Excellence is measured against your own potential. And so I hope that's what we strive for, excellence. Excellence within ourselves instead of going after success, which is up to other people. Let's play internal scorecard games, right? We know when when what we're doing, when we're on the right path, and when we're pushing ourselves hard enough. So let's seek that excellence. So Excellence is something I, I've literally been obsessed with since I can remember, decoding excellence. For as long as I can remember, I've been trying to decode the top attributes, mindsets, behaviors of high achievers and then distill that wisdom down so I can try to implement that in my own life and then use that as well for the people around me to help them flourish and live their best life. Like The question I haven't stopped trying to answer is what makes the best be able to do what they do And then how can I use that within myself and others both to grow and to help others grow? And so what I try to do is I look for persistent patterns of excellence. I'm not looking for one-offs. We can find one-offs across any scenario, right? Like what didn't work, um, when when it was a one-time thing. What we want to do is we want to find persistent patterns of excellence. That's going to be so crucial. And so what I hope everyone starts to do is whatever your domain is, whatever your field is, Find those top performers and then find the persistent patterns of excellence. We can also find those persistent patterns of failure. 
What, what do people do that tend to fail again and again and again? What doesn't work out? And when we find those patterns, then we can just replicate them. This call should be applicable to everyone, whether you're an athlete, an artist, an entrepreneur, creative investor, it doesn't matter. These are persistent patterns that can be used again and again, no matter what the domain is. So something I think about often is, excuse me, something I think about often is just Abraham Maslow. And he says, what humans can be, they must be. I think about that so much. What humans can be, they must be. So what you can be, you must be. That's about getting our best selves out there. And that's what this entire call is about, right? Like, isn't that what that life is about? How can we be our best and how do we bring that best selves, right? I'm not capable of being someone else's best. I'm only capable of being my best. And so I hope we can bring that out. So the way I think about this is actually with the ancient Greek word arete, A-R-E-T-E. It's, it's a word that's so impactful for me, I actually have it engraved on one of my bracelets because I think about this often. So the, the ancient Greek word arete roughly is translated meaning virtue or excellence, but what it actually, it has a deeper meaning, and that means being your best self in every single moment and every single thing you do, right? Like, wow, being your best self in every single moment and every single thing that you do. Imagine bringing that, imagine bringing arate into every single thing you do. And I'm assuming a lot of people are thinking, okay, this is for the big moments, right? If I'm an athlete, it's when the game's in line, the final shot, or the entrepreneur, when he's having that huge business negotiation. Now, arate can be lived in those moments, but it's about every single moment, the little moments, right? Like you can bring arate to the dishes you are doing, deep concentration, how good can I clean this dish into every single one, in, the, in, in one of every single interaction you have with your loved ones. I think about this, right? Like we all have stressful days. We all have tough days. When we get back from work, from school after one of those tough days and we're interacting with our loved ones. So when I get back, I, I have two young kids. I, I have a wife at home. And so if I'm really frustrated, what, what do you think is going to happen when I get home? It's a messy house. It's chaotic. And I might have one of those moments where I'm about to say something I'm going to regret. And I can catch myself because I'm thinking about living with Arate. And I can pause for a minute. And, you know, we have that between stimulus and response. We have that gap. We have that moment. And am I going to bring my best self forward? And I think about that. And this is a skill you have to train. I'm not saying I'm great at this. I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. This is something I try to live with every single day. But what I have noticed is when I do that, when I bring Arate in the small things and when I can control them as much as possible, then I start living more and more with Arate in every single thing I do. So I just thought this is a great word to think about. Um, and I hope a lot of you it, like that like that word, like that thought process of bringing my best self forward in every single moment, no matter what I'm doing. So I just wanted to plant that seed for you. And one of the most important things to remember on all of this is uh, I feel like a lot of the questions were themed at trying to pull out easier strategies, tactics, little hacks. There are no hacks. There are no simple strategies that are going to give you perfect success right away. And it's going to bring out excellence. It's really hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of commitment and understand that you're going to have to put in those work. I don't, I don't know when we got as a society set in stone that there should be the, the easy, quick fix, instantaneous success, the perfect body, uh, being really, really rich and successful right away. It takes a really long time and it's very, very hard and there's going to be challenges that meet us along the entire way. And so I think about those challenges a lot. But one of the things I also think about is if we're facing all these challenges and we spend all this time learning, reading, discovering, trying to get better, what is the point of doing all that learning, discovering, trying to become better if we can't use it? We get to use those learnings, those lessons in the most challenging of times. 
It's reshaping our relationship with those challenges and those obstacles. So when you face the next one, get excited, right? Do you think Michael Jordan, or it doesn't have to be Michael Jordan, any athlete, if you're an athlete training your skills, do you want the ball with 10 seconds left in the final shot? Absolutely, because you've put in all the time working on your skills. Same thing in the knowledge worker, right? Business problem, tough negotiation, all of that. Those are the things you're waiting for, the obstacles. And and the way I think about this is is there's this... um, the scientist, Gabrielle Oettingen, and she studied all the people who uh, achieved their goals. And what she discovered is this thing called mental contrasting. And so it wasn't the people who just thought optimistically about their goals. Okay, this is what I want to achieve. I'm going to achieve this. It was actually the people who thought about their goals, what they wanted to accomplish, but then they also thought about all the challenges and all the obstacles that they were going to face when they were going to their goals. And so that's mental contrasting. So think about the goal you want to go after, but then understand the challenges. And she also has this other really great framework called WHOOP. So it's wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. WHOOP. Wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. What's your wish? What do you want to go out after? What's the outcome you're hoping to achieve? What are all the obstacles you're going to face? Not just one. What are all the potential paths? And then what's the plan when those obstacles arise, right? There's all these people who who work on, let's just call it uh, losing weight. Okay, so they've got got their desire. I want to drop 20 pounds. This is what I'm hoping to do. But then what happens when you're at your friend's birthday party? You're to offer cake, you're offered desserts. Most people, they didn't have a plan. They hadn't thought about the obstacle. So then what happens? That that cake's offered, and then they say, all right, yep, you know what? I'll slack one time on this. And then they do it again and again. So you have to anticipate you've got a plan for those obstacles and then, and then learn how to handle them. And so I think that's really important. So those are some of the broad context and frameworks I wanted to set here. And we're gonna dip here in a second into what I just call the framework of excellence. So the framework of excellence is is just commonality I've seen amongst everyone on the show, essentially, what they've done. And so that framework of excellence is vision, belief, action, routine, revise, and consistency. So I just call it the V-Bark. Vision, belief, action, routine, revise, and then consistency. So I'll, I'll dive into each one of those just, just to let you guys know what they are and then how you can use them in your own life. So the first one's going to be vision, right? What are you truly going after in life? We talked about this at the start of the call. What's your why? Why, why are you here? Not why other people are telling you to do certain things like Nick Kikonis, but what truly is your vision? What are you hoping to go after in life? And also, who are you hoping to become, right? We talk about that. What is the best version of yourself? You're currently here. Your best version is out here. You're striving for it. How do we close that gap? What is that vision? What is the future version of yourself you're hoping to become? What do you want to achieve? So have that vision. Now that vision has to be strong. It has to be compelling, right? So many people say, oh, I I didn't succeed on on going after what what I said I wanted to go after. Why? Probably because it was not compelling enough, right? Like it needs to get you out of bed. It's got to motivate you. You've got to be fired up. Has anyone had those moments where they just wake up earlier than usual, and they are just motivated as hell. They are just fired up. They don't even know what it is. Internal drive, right? Like you can't even describe it. It's because you're going after and you're working on something that's so compelling to you. It just drives you forward. When your why is strong enough, you'll figure out the how. So many people are trying to figure out, you know, like how do I learn something? How do I do this? How do I do that? That's going to be the how. And when you have that strong why, those hows will be able to get figured out. So so many times we don't accomplish the goals we say we want to accomplish. And then we blame something, blame an external thing, blame someone else. It's like, but is the playbook already out there? If it is, you'll figure it out. 
think about it, right? Well, I'll go back to the easy example with the diet exercise. The perfect, everyone knows what you need to do to lose weight, but people don't do it. It's because it's not compelling enough. They're not motivated enough. So make sure you have that vision that is just whispering to your soul, right? It is so inspiring to you. It motivates you and gets you out of bed. Uh, the author and speaker, Brene Brown, she has this great question. She says, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail, right? Like that's going to get you thinking bigger, thinking about inspiring visions. What I love about Brene though, is she followed that question up with an even more powerful question. This is one of the best questions I've ever heard in my life. What's worth doing even if I fail? What's worth doing even if I fail? Man, like jaw drops on the floor, right? Think about that. What would you do in life if you knew you failed and you'd still do it? Now that is one hell of a compelling vision, right? When you know the answer to that question, that is something you should be going all in on. Uh, I just thought that was great. So make sure you guys think about those questions. You think about having that deep vision. Sorry, my throat. Clearly, I got to have a few sips of water there. So sorry for the little interruptions. So next up, after that compelling vision, you can have the most compelling vision in the entire world. If you don't have the belief that, that, that you can achieve that vision, you'll never, ever achieve that vision, right? It's, it's sufficient. Or it's not sufficient. You need it, right? But it won't handle everything. But you need to have that belief. So if you want to change your life, you have to change your beliefs, I see so many people, they just don't have the belief in themselves, the belief in what they're capable of. And and I'm just really, really curious. Like, when did we get set on our limiting beliefs? Who decided in life you had to stick to that limiting belief you have? I don't don't understand. In a single moment, you can change your beliefs. Use that opportunity. Understand that anyone who's done things have changed the beliefs about what they're capable of. The best advice I've ever received in my entire life, this was in middle school, is from a lacrosse coach of mine. Name is Bob, Bob Turco. Hugely instrumental and a mentor in my life. The thing he said to me changed my life forever. He said, the only person who can stop Sean Delaney is Sean Delaney. Now, what he meant by that is it's all mind game. In my own head, I can beat myself before I even start. Or I can instill the belief that I'm capable of more and I can go after more. I hope all of you realize that that same thing can be posed to you. The only person who can beat you is you. And so have that inner belief, have that mindset that you know you can. Uh, I want to see everyone change the can I do things in life to how can I do things. Change all the can questions in your life to how questions, right? Not can I do this? Can I go after that? Can I start that business? Can I write this book? How can I do that? How can I start that business? It's going to get your creative juices flowing. It's going to allow you to think bigger, to open up your mind to more possibilities, endless possibilities there, right? Like don't just keep thinking, thinking, thinking. We need to have that belief, and then it's going to lead to our next step, which we'll get into here in a minute. But make sure you have that inner belief that you're capable of that. One of the the things that I love is thinking about people who really change the world, who do inspiring things. And one of those people, legendary founder of Apple, Steve Jobs, and he did this commencement address to uh, to Stanford University, and he said something along the lines of, life can be much broader when you discover one simple fact, and that's everything around you was created by someone who's no smarter than yourself and made it by those people. And and when you decide that you are capable of that and you can influence that, your entire world changes. Think about that. Every single thing we're using right now in this technology, everything around us in our own rooms, all that was created by someone. No more intelligent than us. They just worked incredibly hard. They developed their skills, and you're capable of that as well. And so that's why I just think beliefs are are so important. Uh, They they really are. And I, I, I love understanding these concepts, but then I love hearing about science that backs them up even further. 
So, so one of them was a scientific study done around different drugs and the influence drugs could have on you. And so essentially what this study did is they took amphetamines, right? Like upper drugs that would get you going really, really fast. And what they did is they told the, the test subjects that they weren't taking amphetamines, um, but they were taking downers. So, you know, sleeping pills, things like that, that they, they thought were making them really tired or really exhausted. They were giving them amphetamines, drugs that would ramp up their system. But because of their belief that they were taking lower drugs, um, downers, they actually started to show those side effects, not the inside, the side effects of the amphetamines. It's crazy to me, the power of belief. Another one that I really, really enjoy is around Air Force pilots. So what they did is they took a test group of just random people, and they said, we are going to pretend that you guys are airline pilots. So they stuck them in a, in a cockpit. Uh, they did all of the different things. So these people were dressed up like airline pilots, all those things. So what do airline pilots have? Airline pilots have to have great vision. To be a pilot, you have to have a great you have to have great vision. So they they tested the people that they did this with and they tested the control group that they didn't tell that they were airline pilots. What do you think happened to the vision of the people that they had pretend that they were airline pilots? Their vision skyrocketed. Their vision was so much better than the control group that 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 didn't go through and pretend they were airline pilots. That's around belief. I'm just so motivated by that. I think that is so cool. Final scientific experiment, because this one really jacks me up as well, is they found um, housekeepers in hotels. And so what they did is when you're a housekeeper in a hotel, you are cleaning the entire day. Say you're on an eight-hour shift. You're basically cleaning for eight hours straight. Cleaning is one of the, the most physical demanding things that you can do. It's essentially the same as working out. So they asked all of these housekeepers, they said, do you work out at all? And it was something about like 30% said yes, 30% said sometimes, 30% said no. Long story short, what they ended up doing is they took half the uh, housekeepers and all they did was let them know that their housekeeping actually was about burning 350 calories, similar to a moderate workout per hour. All they did was tell them that. They didn't have them change their cleaning, change their workouts, anything like that. That's all they did is they told them about the the effects, the positive effects housekeeping actually has. What do you think's happened over the next six weeks? All of these housekeepers all of a sudden started to lose weight, right? Their biomarkers started to go up towards better health. All of that just because they had the belief that what they were doing was better. So uh, I know I pounded this one home. I just think this is so important. If you want to go after big visions in life, you have to have the belief. But to the next one, visions are great. Beliefs are essential. But none of that will ever actually happen. You won't achieve your goals unless you take massive action. You have to take action in life. You can't just be sitting there, right? Like you can't think your way to clarity. That comes from action. So many of us like try to overthink and analyze and think of a plan. You have to take action. Do do you want to know the secret to the success behind everyone who's ever achieved things in life? It's that they got themselves to be able to do things that people who are unsuccessful are unwilling to do, right? Like to stick with, with the workout analogy there. If you want to be a great runner, do you think you can just show up sometimes? No, you're taking action every single day. You want to be a terrific investor. Do you just occasionally think about investing? No, you do it all the time. You take massive action. You try to learn. So you have to be willing to take action in life. And we don't need to know what perfect looks like, right? Like I was talking about, you you don't have to picture just absolutely perfect and then wait till perfect is right in front of you. You just need to look, know what better looks like. We all know what better looks like in life. And when you know what better looks like in life, then you can start working towards that. So make sure you're, you're seeing what better looks like and then you're pushing yourself towards better. 
uh, to talk about more scientific studies. This is one from 2005 out of the University of Pennsylvania. I really enjoy this one. And so they studied all, or they took all these different students and, and figured out or they tested them all these different things, right? Like what is going to be the greatest predictor of success amongst these students? A lot of people thought it was going to be IQ and they tested these IQs. Do you want to know what the greatest predictor of success was in all these students? It wasn't IQ. It was willpower. The student's ability to take action. So if you want to achieve more in life, you have to have willpower. You have to have the ability to take action. Now, what I love about taking action is action is something that's decided in a moment. Think about that. All of these great changes in life, they happen in a single moment. At one single point in time, that person decides, you know what? I'm capable of more, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go after this. It's a single moment. Each one of us right here has the ability to make that decision. Do I want to be more, right? What, what is what is the best version of myself look like? I see that out there. I'm going to close that gap right now. I'm going to live with Arate. I'm going to bring my best self. Like I said before, don't put limits on yourself here. Decide who you want to be and then take the action to be that person. So after action, all of these people, what they had to do and what they do do is they have to design the routines that are going to bring them the outcomes they want, right? Every outcome is preceded by a process. And if you want better outcomes in life, you have to design a better process. It's as simple as that. Success doesn't just happen in a single day. You have to chisel your statue every single day. And you do that by your routines, by your habits. It is essential. You are not going to find your way to excellence just doing these, these random behaviors occasionally. They're routines that get built every single day. So you have to think about the person you want to become the outcome you want, and then think about the habits and the routines that need to be designed in order to give you that output. So that is going to be so crucial and one I hope we step back and reflect on. There's some really good books on habits. James Clear's Atomic Habit is an exceptional book on this. This would take way more than this hour to be able to go through all of these things, but just know that your habits are creating you. You want to know who you're going to be in five years, 10 years from now? Look today at your habits. Whatever you are doing today, that is who you're going to become in the future. Simple. If you want to be a better person in the future, change those habits today. Eliminate the habits that are detracting you from becoming that person and implement and instill and start embody those ones that are allow you to become the person you're hoping to become. It's not that complicated. It takes a lot of hard work, but we need to raise our standards. If we want to raise our standards to who we want to become, it starts with those habits. So I really hope you think deeply about that. You can take habit inventories, routine inventories, just to analyze what you're doing. I'll tell you one thing I used to do that really messed me up is just before a podcast, there'd be about a 10-minute lag period just before a show is going to start, right? All prep work was done camera, interview, everything like that, 100% set up. And so what I would do is I'd occasionally pull up my email or I'd pull up Twitter. No idea why, just minutes before. What do you think would happen if I got a disrupting email or there was a tweet tweet that kind of threw me off? Boom. It's not affecting me for those 30 seconds. It's going to completely mess me up. All right. I analyzed that and realized that's a habit I shouldn't have. Change my habit. Change my routine. Now, I know I got a lot of questions about my routine, my habit. I'll get into that at the end of this, but just remember, who you become is going to be a direct result of your habits. Next up is going to be revision, right? We have to revise. There is no perfect plan, and we have to know that. Things are going to change. Change is inevitable, right? Constant flux in life. That's what life is. Life is constantly changing. We have to be okay with that, and we have to know that, and we have to be willing to change our plan. We see so many people, they get stuck doing the exact same thing over, right? The definition of it insanity, doing the exact same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. 
If you want a different result and you haven't achieved what you're hoping to achieve yet, you've got to revise that plan. Know that. It's okay. So, so many times I think we often think we need these massive changes in our plans. We usually don't need massive changes. Great changes come when we make small adjustments with great convictions. Think about that. If you're making a long, decade-long journey on who you want to become, a one-degree difference now is going to have an exponential outcome in the long run. So make sure you're taking those small changes today to your plan, slight tweaks. One, one thing we, we need in order to be able to revise our plans here is we need truth tellers. We need people who can be honest, who can give us feedback, develop those feedback loops, have honest communication with people who can let you know if things aren't working. I have some people in my life that are brutally honest with me. And believe me, there's times it hurts the ego, right? Hearing some of that critical feedback is really hard. But every single time, it's going to make me better. It's going to make me ask deeper questions of myself, and then it's going to help me push myself. So we really need to make sure we're willing to revise our plan. So remember, small little adjustments and just start getting moving with that new revision. Final component here is going to be consistency. This is, this is obvious, as all of these are, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of them. You can't achieve anything in life without consistency, right? Or anything uh, of sustained excellence without consistency. You need to be willing to show up every single day. Like I said, you have to chisel that statue every single day. And you can't do any of this without consistency. So if you're looking at who you want to become and you're realizing that your actions aren't in a consistent manner, how are you ever going to get to that person? You're not. So you need to instill more consistency with that. So that that is the framework that I put together for excellence. I call it the VBARC, vision, belief, action, routines, revise, and consistency. So if you want to achieve more in life, get more out of yourself, become better, you have to have a compelling vision. You have to believe that you're capable of it. You have to be able to take massive action on that. You have to cultivate the routines that are going to allow you to get and become that person. You've got to revise it as you as you learn, as you grow, and then you've got to be consistent. And all this gets back to, right, like trying to raise our standards, get more out of who we want to become. So someone I think about with just sky-high standards is Kobe Bryant, the late, great Kobe Bryant. We just celebrated it, or not celebrated, it was just the anniversary uh, of, unfortunately, the death of, of Kobe and Gigi Bryant. And so you, you think about someone with just sky-high standards. Man, Kobe Bryant, right? You, there's legendary stories about how hard he worked. He had such high standards that he was always working and striving. Now, I'm not saying we have to be working to become Kobe Bryant, Right. Living with Arate is not about being the greatest basketball player of all time. That's not what this is about. It is about being the best version of ourselves. And I think we can all set our standards slightly higher on who we can become and what we're capable of. And one of the easiest ways to change our standard, who you surrounding yourself with. Really, besides mindset, I think who you surround yourself with could be the number one factor of you achieving excellence in your life. Think about that. If you have a peer group and everyone you're surrounding yourself with is just negative, they're, they're pulling you down, they're saying you're not capable of this, it's going to be very hard to excel in that environment as opposed to being in the environment surrounded by people who, who's, who your ideal standard is, is their baseline standard, right? Like you, you want to do all these things. I think about this with, with elite sports teams. There were certain teams that I went to that day one when I got there that how hard I had worked before might have been the best on any team. And that was basically just like the standard operating procedure of these great teams. Same thing. You've got to cultivate the environment and the group that's going to bring that best version of yourself out. And so believe me, I know a lot of people are remote. They're all over the place. They maybe don't have a great friend group. You can cultivate and grow this yourself. So the way I think about this is you have access to books. 
oh my gosh, you can read the best biographies of most established and successful and excellent achieving people throughout all of history. Cultivate your round table of mentors. I actually do this. I think about people who can be great exemplars and mentors for me. And when I'm thinking about specific problems, I literally visualize in my head me sitting down at this table. So say I want to work on keeping my cool and keeping my composure. I'll visualize sitting there, John D. Rockefeller, one of the greatest titans of industry of all time, who never lost his composure, sitting there. How would he handle this scenario? You can do that. You can cultivate that. So cultivate that group uh, of the people that you want to become and are going to allow you to become the person that you can become. And all of this is great, right? This is all knowledge. Knowledge is only potential power. You have to take action to turn that knowledge into real power. So we were talking a few minutes ago about some of these things, right? What are the three habits that you knew if you changed today, you would get better and lead more to who you're hoping to become? What are those three habits you can implement today? And then think about the three habits that are pulling you back from being the person you're hoping to become. Simple exercise, right? That's knowledge, right? That is some knowledge, but that knowledge turns into power when you take action and you actually do that exercise. And like I was saying at the start of this, it's not comfortable, right? This is hard. We, we all feel so comfortable in our comfort zone, but what we're capable of, by definition, is just outside of that comfort zone. You hear certain people talk about, we've got our comfort zone, then there's this wall, this wall of fear, right? That anxiety. You've got to burst through that fear wall to lead you to who you hope to become, right? That Joseph Campbell line that I love, and I probably end up saying on every single podcast, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. If you wanted to find out more within yourselves and what you're capable of becoming, you have to do things you've never done. That means you've got to get outside of your comfort zone, right? Like you've got to be surfing on that wave and the tip of that wave, you're right there on your edge. You're right there on your breaking point, on your fear. Enter into the unknown. The unknown is what's filled with our unlimited potential though. Think about this. At this moment in time, none of us know what is going to happen in the future. We are capable of basically an infinite number of options right now infinite number of potential, right? If you want to achieve what you're hoping to achieve, then you've got to go past that fear wall. Growth happens at our stretch point. I I know I'm kind of beating this point home, but I think this is so important. Get comfortable with the uncomfortable nature of that. We talked about before, if you want to get better, use the tools and all the training you've been doing. That allows us to step through those fear walls right into our, our, out of our our comfortable zone, into the uncomfort. So make sure you guys do that. And when we start doing that, we really accelerate our own learning. I always think about learning cycles. How can I compress my learning cycles? Like I love learning. I'm really curious. I love knowledge, but I want to know knowledge that's going to be wisdom. How can I use this in my every single day life? And I want to condense my learning cycle cycles and compress them down. And so I think about this with just full immersion learning. And when you're taking action, you're doing that full immersion type learning, right? If we can condense learning cycles, and what I mean by that is just learning things a lot quicker. Think about it. You touch a hot stove one time in life. You learn that principle forever. But there's all these other things it takes so long for us to learn because we're not fully immersed enough. We're not taking hard enough action. And I really didn't start to accelerate, accelerate my learning path till I got fully immersed, till I condensed those learning cycles, until I really started to synthesize the lessons. So like at the start of this, I said, put away distractions. Hopefully you have something to write down with because when you're actually synthesizing this and putting what I'm saying into your own words and then trying to take action on that, that's when you start to embody these lessons, these principles. So make sure you're doing that. It's it's for me, it's my own process for my learning. Uh, I see what you see with the distillery or my book recaps. 
I, I do these really long recaps because I've got to put in all that time, all that work. And on the other end of those really long book recaps is when I actually fully understand those concepts. Other people are probably way more intelligent than I am and can do them much quicker, but that's my process. Figure out what your process is. So I always tell people, carry two books at all times, right? You got to have one book you're reading, one book you write down or write down the lessons you're learning in. It's very helpful. So someone asked me recently, they said, what's your favorite book of all time? And I'm actually going to cover five books I think are really impactful at the end of this. Honestly, my favorite book, I keep a weekly document, or not a weekly document, it's a, it's a year-long document. It's just called, so right now it's 2022 Weekly Learnings. Anything I find interesting learning, new mindset, new insight, I literally put into that document. I go through that document throughout the year, so I can go through my past years as well, 2021, 2020, and I can go through them, and wow, it's just like a treasure trove of insights. Your journals, your notebook should be the exact same thing. They should be incredibly interesting for you. Uh, I, I really hope you guys do that. So we, we are going to be rounding out here in a few more minutes. I'm just going to give you a few more things that, that I've learned or have been surprising over these past four plus years. We're coming up on our fifth year uh, with over 3,000 hours spent with spent with, with high exceptional achievers, uh, people who I deem have, have achieved excellence. And, and one of those things is just the amount of inner work. This doesn't just happen. These people put tremendous time, effort in on discovering themselves. One of my favorite people is Howard Marks potentially one of the, the best investors of all time uh, at Oak Tree. And what, what he said is the number one thing for a great investor, you have to know yourself. I think that's applicable to anything. You have to know yourself. If you want to know how, how you're going to do your best stuff, you have to know yourself. So I hope everyone starts doing a bit more of the inner work to get clear on what's meaningful for life or in life to you. What are your values? What are your purpose? What's your going after? One of the small things, there's probably a little bit of controversy on this that has been incredibly helpful for me actually is different uh, insights around personality tests. And one of the free ones everyone can do is just 16personalities.com. I have no affiliation with it. I just thought they had probably one of the best um, displays in, in terms of giving me deep insights into myself. And one of the best things that having these personality insights is it gives you a broad framework into how you work best, what makes you tick, uh, some of the things that motivate you, but then also how different you are from other people. And that helped me develop empathy to understand we each struggle with different things. We each are motivated by different things. What's motivating to me might not be motivating to you. And so that really helped me with my relationships, my family, my friends, the people I work with. So that was one of the things I just thought was really good is the amount of people on the show who's, who've done really deep inner work. And I've been really lucky to have some really deep conversations and some really good relationships with people on the show. And this is something we talk about a lot. It's like, you've got to do the work. It's a really, really challenging game and you've got to be able to do that. So early on in your career, and wherever you're at right now, keep doing that inner work, discover what makes you tick, um, and how you can become better with everyone else around you. Uh, another thing I really like thinking about, and for those people who know me well, know I say this a lot, is the Steve Martin line, the great comedian is, be so good, they can't ignore you. And so I, I'm going to bring up someone. So uh, I know some people on this call are familiar with Indu. I, I've got to thank Indu for helping set up this call. She's instrumental. She works with me uh, behind the scenes and just does so much every single day, every single week to make sure these podcasts come out. Uh, everything gets done on YouTube, behind the scenes, everything like that. So I first need to thank Indu for what she's been able to do. But you want to talk about someone being so good they can't ignore you. That's the definition of Indu. So before Indu and I started working together, what she actually did is she reached out to me and she actually just brought some value. And she actually did this entire website audit for me and social audit. And was basically saying, hey, this is what you're doing really well. These are where some major gaps are. This is where you're not even thinking about. If you started to implement these things, it could be extremely helpful for you. This was like this 10-page document I had never interacted with her before, and she put this entire plan together. Long story short, she was so good, I couldn't ignore her. 
She now works full-time with me, and I am so happy she does because the value she brings, and I know a lot of you on this call have interacted with her or know her, and be so good they can't ignore you. Be like Indu. Push yourself as hard as you can to bring value to those around you, and that's one of the things that all of these guests do. They're so good, other people can't ignore them. That's why they've achieved excellence. So I hope that's one of the final things I can leave you with is being so good, people can't ignore you, living with Arte. All right, so a few more into the, into the specifics and then we'll wrap up here. So I had a lot of people ask about just different routines. So I'll kind of go through a day type routine for me. It's a constant evolution. And one of the things I messed up earlier on in my life is I would hear about a morning routine and this is the perfect morning routine, right? And you follow this and well, that routine might've worked for that person, but it might not work well for you. So don't just blindly follow. What I say is not going to work for a ton of people and mine's changed, right? I have two young kids. My routine now is much different than it was five years ago. Um, but what it is now is as I basically get up, I get up extremely early. Uh, so honestly, most days without an alarm clock, I'm up by four and that's just because those are my golden hours. That's when I get my best work done. I'm completely alone with my thoughts. No one else is awake. So I get really deep work done, start off, have some coffee, and then I'm going to do a two hour work session usually. That's either with reading or doing a lot of writing. I'm doing a lot of projects right now that require a lot of writing uh, and distilling of my, my own thinking. So right now, it's about a two-hour work block, fully immersed, deeply engaged with that, no distractions. Uh, so then once I'm done that work session, I'm pretty pretty fried at that point. Um, and I do not have like a hard stop to that. I can kind of tell when I've reached my breaking point for that moment. And what I do is I actually go and I do a breath work routine. I still do Wim Hof. I've done this now, I don't know, five years now, um, which is a hyperventilated. So it's basically about 30 to 40 really deep exhalations using your entire lungs and then, uh, breathing that out. And then you're basically get depleting your body of CO2 and you hold your breath. And I do three rounds of that. That really gets me to just like energize my whole body oxygenated, and then what I do from there is I do a little bit of uh, stretching, just get my body limber and loose, and then I do a workout routine. And so that's basically my morning. And then I do go into a second deep work session uh, after on certain days after I drop my, my son off at school. And so I'll go into another work block. This one usually is about three hours long. So the first hour and a half, two hours, another really deep work block. And then the other times or the other part of that work is what I try to do there is kind of answer some emails, handle some of the logistical things that just you just have to do. So that's my second work session. I'll have lunch and then I go back for a third block of work in the afternoon. Once again, this could be a three hour block, an hour and a half, two hours, just kind of depending on the day and then try to go for a walk. So I basically do three work sessions on certain days. It's only four and a half hours that I work hour and a half, first block of time in the morning, hour and a half, second block, hour and a half in the afternoon. And if I'm deeply immersed in, in fully working at those times, my output at that time can be so much greater than if I spend an eight-hour workday. So I'm incredibly intentional when I'm actually going to work, what I'm trying to get done, and what I'm doing. Um, that's really helpful for me. And then obviously, I always try to set up my day for success the night before. Um, so I, I really do try to value sleep and get a, as much sleep as I can for me. That just happens at this time to be about seven hours. And there's been times it's been eight. There's been times it's been nine. Only you will know. Um, so sleep's really important to me. And then in my evening, I, I don't compromise my family time. Uh, I, I basically don't really respond to any work stuff after about four thirty-five. Uh, I, I to me, my my family is my most valuable thing, and so I put away the phone. And this costs me certain times. There are certain business opportunities or people who won't work with me because of that. I'm completely fine with that. Uh, I really don't lose an ounce of sleep or a night of sleep on that because I care more about my family and I know I can get done what I need to get done. That's just me tying my goals back to my values and what I value most in life. And so when I talk about that inner work, that clarity didn't come until I really sat down and understood my values and what I was trying to get after in life. 
So I, I hope you guys can use some of this. I did mention I'd recommend a few books that I just kind of was thinking about the other day have just been so impactful for me. So I'm just gonna give you five books. And believe me, books hit us at certain times. There were certain of these books I read one time and didn't hit me as hard as it did another time. Then other books, the moment I picked them up, it hit me instantaneously. And then I read them 10 years later and they just as great of an impact. So the first book is Resilience by Eric Greitens. I have a, a really, really long recap on this on the website. And that's Resilience by Eric Greitens. Uh, it's, it's a great book uh, about just building resiliency in your own life, but it hits on so many more things than that. I, I really can't recommend them enough, no matter who you are. Probably the, my favorite business book of all time, I don't hear it talk about very often at all. And I've even had other people say it wasn't too impactful. And then other people are like, this is the best thing of all time. That's The Fifth Discipline by Peter Senge. It talks about self-mastery, uh, system design, all of these different things around business. And the way he puts them together, I just thought was one of the greatest business books I've ever read. Once again, there's a long book recap at whatgotyouthere.com. Underneath resources, book recaps, you can find that. Next up is Principles by Ray Dalio, potentially the greatest investor of all time. The principles in that book are exceptional. One of the things this got me to do is for me to actually write out my own principles, which was even more helpful than just reading the book. I recommend reading the book and then also writing out your own principles. Next up, I talk about one of those books I picked up the first time. It had tremendous impact on me. Then 10 years later, same thing. One of the books that within the last two months was uh, Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. I've read that over a decade ago. Huge impact on me then. And then I literally just reread it within the last two months. And I was like, whoa. This book was written like 30 years ago, and this stuff is just as applicable. So that's one of the ones I really enjoyed. And then the final one, probably the best book I read in terms of thinking about my decision-making process, how I invest, how I analyze companies, all those different things, that's Seeking Wisdom from Darwin to Munger by Peter Bevlin. Uh, it's, it's a hard book to get. It's kind of expensive. You're going to get a hard copy. It's going to be minimum, I think, 40 50 bucks. Uh, I've, I've bought a ton of these copies. I've shared them with a lot of people. It isn't on Kindle, which I can't stand, and it's also not on Audible, but you can find it. Um, um, that book was great for for providing clarity within my own life um, and investing. And so I thought those are a few books that I really enjoyed over the years and I've gone back to again and again. They're highlighted like crazy. They just provided so much wisdom. Believe me, there's so many books in life. I try to find the books that are gonna bring the most amount of value, hit them again and again, distill them down, and then revisit those concepts again and again. So a few questions I want to leave you with. I hope you guys will write down and you'll revisit. The first one, what's the vision of the life and the person you're trying to create and become, right? Like that vision. Who is you at your best? What are you trying to accomplish in life? Get crystal clear on that. And then that Brene Brown question, what's worth doing even if I fail? If you know you'd fail at something, but you're still going to do it, that is pretty inspiring. That's pretty compelling. Make sure you sit down, see if you have one of those. And then what's the one action step you could take immediately to get you close to becoming the person that you're hoping to become. We think we, we talked about it a lot, taking action, right? I hope everyone gets off this call and they take action doing one of those things they can to become the better version of yourself. It literally could be as simple as you get off this call, say you're gonna go have dinner with your family because I know a lot of you uh, are on the other side of the world or if you're gonna have a lunch meeting here in the US and really just trying to be deeply present with that person. Maybe that's the one thing you can do right now. And the final thing is, who do I have to become to achieve all that I want? Know that. Know what you want to achieve and then see if you're really willing to become that person. Know who you have to become to achieve all that you want. So remember, we want to seek, seek success or uh, fulfillment over success. We want to start living with arate, right? The best version of ourselves in every single moment and every single thing we do. And the framework for excellence, vision, belief, action, routine, 
revise consistency. Consistency. You need to be consistent, right? You have to have a compelling vision. You have to have a belief that you can achieve it. You have to take massive actions. You've got to cultivate the routines. You've got to revise as you learn and grow. And then you have to be extremely consistent with what you're doing here. So guys, this has been really, really fun um, be going through. Um, I'm just going through some of these questions here. I, I just want to make sure I'm hitting on any of them. Um, I'm just looking at see all of them. Um, you've been a competitive lacrosse player as well as an entrepreneur in the pursuit of excellence. What do you think has been the formula that has worked the best across all fields? Um, I, I literally would say that framework of excellence that I just went through. Um, believe me, there's a lot of really good questions here and ones that we just don't want to have time for. Uh, unfortunately, I hope that you guys are able to distill down what we talked about. Hopefully at some point I'll release this as an episode and we'll definitely do this again. Uh, this isn't going to be a one-time thing. I love getting to, to talk about some of these experiences, these lessons learned, and then hopefully all of you can take those lessons, apply them in your own life. And then let's create ripples in the world. How do we create a positive impact? How do we take what you're learning and then apply that and give that to other people? That's the virtuous cycle I hope we can create here. That's why a, a medium like a podcast is so essential. Other people's journey, we, we distill it for our future and we can really implement that. So I thank all of you for taking time. Uh, I know a lot of you have really busy days, mornings, evenings. So this is really impactful for me that you're willing to listen, to sit down, to spend time with me. So I cannot thank you enough for, for coming on here, this webinar. We're gonna certainly do it again, but have a great rest of the day and go live with some Arte. You guys made it to the end of another episode of What Got You There. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way through. If you found value in this, the best way you can support the show is giving us a review, rating it, sharing it with your friends, and also sharing on social. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Looking forward to you guys listening to another episode.